Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the studio in Sun City, Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. Welcome to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. And I have an interesting problem. I am getting an echo. I'm hearing myself right back a, a minute or so later. So I may have to get my uh, speakers off for a little bit. So let me try to figure out what's causing that. Uh, I think I have a separate volume control. I don't know why I'm getting that. Pete, I'm sure you probably can't help me. It's at my end. I'm showing that I'm muted on the web page but I appear to be getting, uh, no, I'm still showing that, so my apologies. wish I could figure this out here at the moment. Okay, I'm going to try taking this off. That doesn't help any. So anyway, my apologies for this rambling here at the beginning. I'm going to keep going and ignore my own voice. Hello, and welcome to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. As I said, we're honored that you're joining us today. Regardless of whether you're listening live or to the archive of the show, I'm confident you'll be glad you joined us. And hopefully, Pete, you're not hearing me twice. If you're a new listener, I should let you know that if you do not gain some new knowledge during this hour, we double your money back. Yep, we'll refund double what you paid to listen. During the show, we'll be focusing on managing your credit score. And so I should ask, what is your credit score? And do you have any negative items on your credit report that are dragging that score down? If you don't know your credit score within 20 points or you haven't checked it within the last six months, your identity could have been stolen and you could be facing major financial issues in the next few months. Oh, I completely forgot that can't happen to you. It only happens to others. Besides, interest rates are in or borrow credit by investing it well. As always, you have a choice of two types of investments. The only two types that you know is yours as a problem. I'm not talking about the negative drug. I'm talking about the acronym OPM. It's a way of saying other people's money. Now, during our series on in the past, we covered a number of strategies, including zero credit card offers that I really take advantage of. And I think I just found the least. Oh, that seems to be working now. All right, sorry about that. Zero percent credit card offers I really take advantage of. 
hopefully you do that as well. I didn't get a chance to um, check because of my travels how much I actually have outstanding, but I'm sure I have enough outstanding to do a mortgage loan on a property. Not trivial. And yes, I'm earning a return on that. But if your credit score is low or your identity has been stolen, that strategy may not work. Why, you ask? Well, I won't answer that since we have a guest joining us shortly who knows a lot more about credit scores than I do. Today is June 23, 2014. It is 9.04 in Arizona, 12.04 p.m. on the East Coast where our guest is. And, uh, well, at least where our guest is based. That's another story you'll see from the accent. She's actually not in uh, on the East Coast at the moment. And it is 1804 in continental Europe, where I happen to be this week. It's the only day ever like it. We'll do everything possible to make it a great one. You're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Rocky. The show airs every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m. in Arizona. Your local time may change, but our show doesn't. I certainly hope you can join us each time we air, but if you miss some shows like the ones I already mentioned on OPM, you want to listen, re-listen to them, you can find them on the archive. Just go to dna.us, where we list each of the shows, both upcoming and archive. Our sponsor today is BI Solutions Corp., a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix-Scottsdale area. The U.S. equity markets, after a week of three more record highs, are off to a negative start. Asia was mixed, and actually most of Asia was down, with only Japan up from what I could see. Europe, which just ended, also ended down. And Brazil is down as well. So taking a breather from all those record highs. The advantage of joining us live for this show is you get to ask questions or make comments, either using the chat window below the radio player, and it is up and running. So under the radio player, you will find a chat window. You can put in your comments or questions, and we also have a call-in number, and I'll give that to you shortly. Our guest today for managing your credit score is Gail Cunningham. She's the spokesperson for the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, where they are based in Washington, D.C. What better place to see billions of new debt taken daily? Gail attended Tulane University in New Orleans, and... University of Texas at Austin. She first got involved in credit counseling in, believe it or not, 1987, I assume, about the age of three. Now, Gail's provided one-on-one financial counseling, reached tens of thousands of people through hosting consumer education television shows on cable and network TV. She participates in multiple satellite media tours, radio media tours, and live online financial education chats with major media outlets. Now, you have either seen her or will see her as a featured financial expert for the nation's top media outlets. I'll just name a few. NBC Nightly News, New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, USA Today. And let me just mention a few of the more business ones, Fox Business Network and Bloomberg News. She's also participated in advice columns and stories in consumer publications. So I'm sure you will find her sometime in the near future if you haven't already seen her. So today is the next step in that journey to help consumers and investors better manage their credit right here on the Wealth DNA Radio Show. Let's give Gail Cunningham a warm welcome. Gail, I'm so glad you're willing and able to join us today. And I understand um, that you are not in 
Washington DC today. And why don't you uh, say hello and we will probably can guess where you are. Well, I am not in DC. I'm a little bit south of that. I do work for the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, which is based in Washington DC. But Ron, I just um, will not be held responsible for the national debt. <laughs> well, you you could say you focus on personal debt, and that sure is a lot larger than the average person ever will incur, both dollar-wise and percentage-wise. Yeah, your background. How do you introduce yourself if you go to a cocktail party? Well, uh, here deep in the heart of Texas, our cocktail parties may be uh, different from yours uh, over farther, a bit farther west. But uh, if someone were to wonder what I do, as you referenced, for uh, the past 27 years, I guess now, since 1987, I have been involved in the credit counseling sector. And I just love it, helping people help themselves with their financial difficulties. The NFCC is the largest and longest-serving network of nonprofit, community-based credit counseling agencies. As a matter of fact, we have about 600 physical locations from coast to coast, and, and including Puerto Rico. And our agencies um, have trained and certified professional counselors offering help to folks around their debt issues. As you might imagine, in recent years, we've done a significant amount of housing counseling and are the uh, largest provider of the mandated bankruptcy pre-filing counseling and pre-discharge education. So we're a busy bunch of folks. I would imagine, especially for the last uh, oh, five years, seven years now, really, since the uh, market started uh, dropping. And um, so I, I assume it really has been busy. Now, I'm based in the Phoenix area, as, as you alluded to. If I do an Internet search for the National Foundation for Credit Counseling and I put in my zip code, will I find a company of that name in the Phoenix area? Well, what the NFCC is, is a member organization, and our members, about 100 members, represent those 600 physical locations, and most of those folks go by the name of Consumer Credit Counseling Service, not all. Um, for instance, in, in your area, uh, you're serviced by Money Management International uh, or Green Path Debt Solutions. Uh, Many of our agencies have become national entities, meaning that they are licensed to provide services uh, regardless of where you're living. And those services can be provided either in person. You know, some folks are wired where if we're going to be talking about my money, I want to be eyeball to eyeball with you. Uh, others, uh, for one reason or another, may enjoy the convenience of telephone counseling. And as a matter of fact, that's the predominant delivery channel now, uh, or even online. We're very happy to be able to provide services to folks online. Um, recently, I've um, been talking a bit about folks in the military, so regardless of where you are in, in the world, you can uh, avail yourself of the help of a trained and certified NFCC uh, agency counselor. So, you know, one of the things we 
work against is we live in a culture that thinks they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and handle their own problems, and that's certainly a good idea and something we recommend when it comes to financial distress. Certainly try to try your own self-help methods first, but don't wait too long to reach out for help. So I drill into that early in our conversation uh, for the folks to who are listening to this broadcast to know that they are not alone. The agencies help over 1.5 million people last year, and there's a, a lot of folks with uh, in the situation you may find yourself in. Okay. And so, as you mentioned, the Phoenix area, they have different names, but somehow they will allude to or have mentioned in their um, uh, websites uh, that particularly the, the um, uh, National Foundation for Credit Counseling so that I know they're part of your group? Very good question because um, as is true with any industry, there, there are some bad apples out there. Some are just better right. than others. And um, knowing that the agency you do business with is a member of the NFCC provides an additional layer of protection for you. So, yes, you should look on their website to see a notation that they are a member of the NFCC. Or another way, we can flip that coin over for you to find someone a legitimate uh, trusted resource in your area is to go to nfcc.org. That's our website. You can then just hit find a uh, find a agency and enter the information there, your zip code, and you will receive a list then will pop up of the agencies in your area. Another shortcut to be automatically connected to the NFCC agency closest to you is to dial 1-800-388-2227. All right. Why don't we repeat that? 1-800-388-2227. 2-7. Great. Okay, I was going to ask about that before we forget. Anyway, so great. Now, should I then view the NFCC or National Foundation for Credit Counseling, if, if that's showing up on their website as somewhat like an accredited member of the BBB or kind of like the good housekeeping seal of approval for credit counseling? Absolutely. Those are, are great uh, illustrations of what we stand for at the NFCC. Um, I mentioned that we're the uh, oldest agency uh, network of agencies. We are uh, also a 501c3 nonprofit, as are all of our members. That's one of our member requirements. So, again, you have an extra provided layer of legitimacy when you work with an NFCC member agency. Okay. All right. So let's just make sure that we get that uh, website name out. Again, it's www.nfcc.org. So that stands for National Foundation for Credit Counseling, correct? NFCC.org. And that'd be an easy way to find out more about your organization. And then the other is through the telephone number. And let me just make sure I have the right one. 1-800-388-2227. Correct? You've got it. All right, so I'm doing pretty well. And I should apologize to our listeners. If I do break up, my voice uh, wavers a little bit. It is not the uh, station's fault. I am overseas, as I mentioned. And unfortunately, the line quality does vary. And today we're finding a little bit of variation. So my apologies. You're, of course, coming across well, uh, Gail, since you're more or less hardwired through the uh, 
network there in the U.S. So we go through the high quality line. So my apologies to people out there if I sound a little bit fuzzy. Anyway, sh why should, and let's start kind of with that big broad question, why should our listeners care about their credit if they're not applying, let's say, for a mortgage, which is the most common reason to, to start you know, looking at credit scores? Well, I think that people need to care about their credit because even if you are in a, a situation today where you do not rely on credit, none of us knows what tomorrow holds, and you may need access to credit. And to have access to credit, you're going to need a thick and positive credit file. You know, lenders um, are averse to risk. That's what the credit score is all about, is helping them um, determine if you're a good fit for their business model, and that means if you're likely, how likely you are to repay your debt. You know, a lot of folks will ask me, how do I know if I'm in financial trouble? And of course, I feel like just by posing that question gives me a clue that they're um, having some angst about their personal financial situation. I'll, I'll give you some some things for your listeners to see if any of them uh, hit close to home. Uh, for instance, are there arguments in your home about money? This is definitely a red flag. If you're hiding purchases from your spouse, we call that financial infidelity. So if you go shopping and lock your packages in the trunk of your car so that you don't come in laden with sacks, um, that's living a life that you are trying to keep secret from your partner. Um, also, th this can rear it, its ugly head at any time. We see folks who actually have uh, taken out post office boxes so that if their spouse gets home and gets the mail before they do, they don't find all the bills. So if, if this is you, you need to stop dead in your tracks and have a real honest conversation with your he yourself and get some help about that. But just a couple other things I'll touch on that, um, you know, really illustrate that you're having uh, financial distress. And again, to uh, make people perk up and reach out for help before they dig that deep financial hole. You know, if you lost your job, which so many people are uh, remaining sure. in that situation, would it mean an immediate financial crisis in the their life. Um, does your debt interfere with your job or your home life? You know, we're busy folks and we're trying to uh, help with homework and be a good spouse and and debt is something that hangs over you 24-7. You wake up in the morning, you take it with you to work, you go to bed and you take it with you all night long tossing and turning. Are your credit cards near their limit so you've begun applying for new lines of credit simply because you have built a, a lifestyle that your current income will not support? Um, do you consider filing bankruptcy, obviously, that's uh, a red flag. So I could go on, but I don't want to eat okay. up all of our time. I think people will identify with what I'm talking about here. Sure. Those first few, I'm going to be asking my wife over dinner today for sure. Uh, <laughs> this financial infidelity in P.O. Box, ask her what her P.O. Box number is. No, I'll <laughs> I think I have a problem there. But one of the things I want to go back to, but I should have asked you right away, you mentioned you're a nonprofit, which makes sense as a foundation, and your member companies are as well, which is, which is interesting. You know, I, I wasn't 100% sure of that. But nonprofit doesn't mean that it's free or that the government's paying for this, correct? Well, that is correct, and a, and a great uh, question, and something we want your 
listeners to be very clear on. The uh, majority of the NFCC member agencies do not charge a fee for counseling. Some of them do. If they do, it's in the $20 range. We have what we call our member quality standards, and that is um, just a, a very strict list of um, requirements that the agency must meet and abide by to maintain membership, uh, obtain and maintain membership in the NFCC. But one of them is that no service can be denied based on an inability to pay. Therefore, if someone comes to the NFCC and they are truly in a hardship situation and if that small percentage of agencies they are working with um, uh, charges a fee and they can't even afford the $20, that's going to be waived, no questions asked. So cost should not be a barrier at all to someone reaching out for help. So the agencies may charge a, a small fee, but again, do not let that stand in the way of you reaching out for help. Wow. Okay, that is that is actually surprising information. I'm sitting here taking my taking some notes because there's a number of people, and, and quite frankly, a lot of the people I deal with are in credit challenge situations, uh, and I really haven't known exactly how to refer them. So I'm gaining a lot from this as well. So that is just just very surprising, actually. Now let me just uh, remind our li- listeners: you're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. I look forward to you joining us every second and fourth Monday. Our sponsor today is BI Solutions Corp., a real estate fund in the Phoenix Scottsdale area. If you miss some of the prior shows or you want to re-listen, we maintain an archive. Excuse me for that uh, extra. That wasn't the line. An archive of shows on wealthdna.us. You'll get if you want to get an email reminder. If you didn't get one, send me an email. Ron at wealthdna.us. We'll keep you about posted about future shows and events. And of course, on that website, you also can send us a quick note, and I'll keep you posted. Okay, Gail, let's focus on the expense side of people that have poor credit scores, and we'll talk about the lending a little bit more shortly, but what kinds of products or services would have their cost dependent on somebody's credit? Uh, I mean, the first thing that kind of comes to mind is uh, whenever I'm applying for property insurance on, on uh, investment properties, they want to know dates of birth and you know, social security numbers to get uh, the the credit information. So I assume that, that property insurance and maybe some others are dependent on uh, credit. Well, absolutely. Like it or not, we live in a credit-dominated society, so we have to play by those rules. And people certainly think that they're going to need, um, as I referenced, a thick and positive credit uh, file when they apply for credit, and they're going to need a high credit score all related to credit, credit cards, credit uh, loans at the bank, car loans, um, I believe you referenced mortgages. So that that's pretty intuitive. But now, what's Ron talking about? Insurance? They're going to want to make sure I have good credit. And yes, that's the truth, that there are things beyond what we think of as the traditional uh, credit reasons that an entity would be interested in our credit score. And the um, insurance folks have done studies and they realize that uh, folks who handle their credit responsibly are better risk um, for them to take on with insurance. And I'll tell you another uh, one that people may not realize is when you're looking for that job of your dreams. It is uh, 
not uncommon for the uh-huh. employer to be interested in your credit. And in something you, in the fine print that you sign in the job application, it may give them permission, and people have to have permissible purpose if they're going to pull your credit report um, and you you may be granting them that. And again, maybe you're applying for a job where that makes perfect sense. If you want to be a bank teller, well, they pretty much want to see that you are not in credit distress and and then surround you with temptation all day. But uh, even jobs that are outside of the financial uh, realm, financial services realm, they really could pull your credit report because, again, Employers often see how you've handled your credit as a reflection of your character, and they want someone of the highest character working for them. Good point. And I'll even add one from my own experiences because I, I get involved in, in the rental uh, and, and loan applications. But even on the rental side, uh, we do pull credit to see if there is a chance that they won't even be able to make their rent payments because of their past due debt and those kinds of things. So there's another. Now, it wouldn't be that it would change their rental rate, uh, but it definitely would impact their ability to get uh, you know, a rental property or, or for a higher amount, a nicer place just because of, of credit. So, yeah, there are a number of places in the employees. I didn't even think about that, but it does make sense. I, I probably uh, can see a lot of companies saying, hey, yeah, that's, that is a very good indicator of uh, character, as you said. Now, let's go back to the, to, to the one most people think of as credits and loans. Um, would the credit quality, the credit score, impact the interest rate as well as the credit limit? Oh, would it ever. The goal is to have a high credit score, which equals a low interest rate. But let me back up a minute. People are always sure. very interested in their credit score. but and, and some even, I would say, are maniacal about improving their credit score. So hats off to them. But it all starts with that very boring credit report. The credit score is based on the contents of the credit report. And in the NFCC's uh, annual financial literacy survey, we ask folks if they ordered a copy of their credit report. Now, in spite of it being free, Ron, Mm -hmm. 65% of the folks, 65% said, nope, I've not ordered a copy of my credit report. So we dug a little deeper and um, asked them some questions. You know, why haven't you? And interestingly, for folks like you and for me um, who spend our lives talking about money, uh, 33% of the people said, I I didn't know I could order my credit report. So you heard it here. Now you can't use that excuse. You can go to www.annualcreditreport.com. That is the legitimate site where you can order one free credit report every 12 months from each of the three bureaus, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Now, why is this important? Well, it's important because we're, we're going to uh, do a deep dive here into that around credit. But it's also important to keep track of uh, the activity on your credit file because of identity theft. You don't mm-hmm. want someone out there pretending to be you and opening new lines of credit and making fraudulent charges in your name. So to be a savvy consumer, get your free credit report at least once every four months from a different bureau and keep that cycle going uh, for years. Now, 
if you're about to apply for a major amount of money, a mortgage, maybe you want to open a business, make some sort of major purpose, purchase, go on and get all three reports at once. This is a a good way to look at everything that's out there. Consider your credit report as your financial fingerprint. It's a letter about you that's circulating around town and you want to read it. Even though the credit reports are going to be the same, they're also going to be different, the same but different. It's highly likely that they will all contain um, the major activity, uh, your credit card uh, uh, issuer, that activity is going to be on all three reports. But maybe you owe doctor so-and-so or you have activity with your local credit union. That may be specific to one of the reports. So get all three. I never want to sit across the desk from someone who knows more about my finances than I do. So become an informed consumer by getting all three reports in advance of applying for a loan. Now, I'm talking your ear off, but let me say one more thing about it in advance. In advance, why am I having you do that at least three months in advance of a major purchase? Because you need time to clear up those things that are inaccurate on your report or or that old bill that you've forgotten about. It was so small that they don't even bill you any longer and you forgot you owed that $114. Let's clear those up, give them time to cycle through, and that you have a pristine credit report when you apply for the loan. Okay, so if I make a change uh, this week, I, I write to them or, or call them through the Internet or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, they okay a change, what you're saying is it will not be in my credit poll or inquiry uh, done tomorrow for my mortgage. So I've got to get that done a few months before. That's right. By law, the uh, credit bureau has to research your dispute, and they have 30 days uh, to make a response to that. So they're going to research it and uh, give you a response and perhaps correct your report. But all of that needs time for the research and time to cycle through. Gotcha. Now, the uh, one thing I just want to repeat that it is annualcreditreport.com, uh, but in some ways to me initially that was a little bit misleading because I always think of .com as, as, as kind of a commercial site, and I would have expected a .gov or a .org, but just so people know that there are other services that aren't free that will use those kinds of designations. It wouldn't be a .gov, but it could be an .org, um, and of course they advertise and a number of other things to make it sound like it's free and it's the place to go, so it, it is important to know that correct one, annualcreditreport.com. Okay. Now, the biggest mystery, Gail, seems to be on how the items on the credit report are used to calculate the credit store. score. Who does that, and how do they determine how, it, you know, how that credit score comes about? Obviously, they don't add up your debts and divide by three uh, or something like that or, or uh, inverse, any of that. I mean, is, the, you know, is there a way I can find out the formula? No. How's that for a short answer? Well, I was afraid uh, you were going to say that. Yes. The, um, uh, anyone who's old enough to remember the Johnny Carson show will relate to that the, the uh, credit score model is locked in a mayonnaise jar somewhere. But it, it is a closely guarded secret. Um, FICO is considered the inventor of the credit scoring model. Now let me clear up something else. Um, there's more than one score. How about that? So even though when you and I talk today, we'll probably refer to credit score singular, I want your audience to know that there's more than one score out there. But they 
are all useful because they are all directional. But don't uh, go to one entity and pay for your credit score. Oh, oops, did I just say pay for? I just told you you could get your credit report for free. That's right. Mm -hmm. Report is free. And at this point in time, uh, you are going to have to pay a few bucks to get your credit score. But it's... uh, some of the best money you'll ever spend because the score should come with some instructions or guidance on how to improve your score. But just know that uh, don't go into the lender and have the lender say, well, uh, yes, I pulled your credit score and it was 720, and you go, oh, no, 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 it's 750. Well, that's because you're looking at two different scores. The model's Again, I'm stuck on same but different today, aren't I? The models will be very similar, but they're going to be different, but they're all based on the information in your credit report. Okay. And even FICO, since there are three credit bureaus, each of them are going to have a score which will differ depending on what they have on their credit report. So actually even FICO will have three scores. Uh, Then what you're saying, there are other uh, score types besides FICO. Right. If if you go uh, to buy a car, um, and I'll use Ford. I don't know if they have their own model or not, but it's highly likely that they do because businesses have a business model, and they are willing to take on different amounts of risk. And so they'll see if your credit profile fits their business model risk level. So the uh, lender itself could have its own model and uh, review your score or uh, uh, your uh, credit activity against it. But okay. nonetheless, Let's, don't let that uh, confuse or discourage people because wherever you get your score, you're going to have a range. You will fall within a range of other consumers who have gotten their score from that entity. And that's what's of interest to you. Where do you fall against other Americans? Um, do you have an average score, a great score, or a not-so-hot score? And I'm going to say that if you're in the FICO 720 range, you're going to get access to any credit you want and at a wonderful interest rate. So that really, um, because I bet that's one of the next questions you're about to ask, that should be what folks shoot for. Okay, well, then I'm going to jump in the head to another one. Let's talk about the FICO score. And we don't know the exact formula, but there must be some, you know, kind of major factors. Uh, if, if I took a pie and said that's 100%, uh, what's the biggest, you know, let's say five slices of that pie in terms of what are some of those factors they consider uh, in that scoring formula? That's great, and and I'm going to answer that. Let me first tell you that, you know, we picked on the folks who had not ordered um, their credit report. 65% of Americans had not done that in the last 12 months. 60% have not bothered to get their score. So I'm only giving folks those numbers to say, don't don't be in that percentage. Next time we do our survey, I want you over on the other side. So here we are back to uh, dissecting the FICO score. And, you know, if you only do two things right, It is highly likely that you will improve your score because there are five elements of the score, each coming in at a different weight, but the highest weighted element of the FICO credit scoring model is payment history. What do I mean by that? Pay your bills on time. Now, I want folks to get their bills. If it's snail mail, I want you to open that bill the day it comes. And guess what? 
I also want you to pay it that day. Why? Because the post office tells us that we need to allow 7 to 10 days for mail to travel from my house to my credit issuer, the the bank that's uh, granted me the credit. So if your grace period is 21 days, it takes 7 to 10 days for it to get to you. We're on day 10, let's say. I better pay that bill the day I get it because it's going to take 10 more days to get back to them. It's we're on day 20. I certainly don't want to risk my payment getting to them late. Maybe you receive your statements online. Good for you. Go ahead and pay it or set up automatic bill pay. And we can talk about some reasons to do that in a minute if you like. But the whole point that I'm making loud and clear here is to pay your bills in full and on time, and if you can't pay the balance in full, at least make the minimum or above by the due date. That comes in at 35% of the scoring model, followed closely behind by not overutilizing your credit. What am I talking about there? Don't max out your credit. If you have a $1,000 line of credit, We at the NFCC recommend not charging more than 30%. So don't charge more than $300 or so on that line of credit. Otherwise, the model sees you as overutilizing your credit. And lenders know that people who max out their credit are not as likely to be good candidates to responsibly repay their debt. So we've we've impacted 65% of the model by just paying our bills on time, and not charging more than 30%. Okay. So having more credit cards and using a little bit on each, actually, despite the fact that I don't have a number of bills to pay, is going to be a lot more effective than putting it all on one and saying, oh, I'll have one check to pay, but it's, uh, it's sitting at 80% of the credit limit on that one. Well, sort of. You've spread okay. out right. your debt among several cards, but moving debt around is not becoming debt-free. And the sure. model looks at the amount of debt you have per card also on the aggregate level. So if okay. overall you have a $10,000 uh, lines of credit, multiple lines, you know, 2000 here, 3000 there, et cetera, and it adds up to $10,000 lines of credit, then uh, I still don't want you overall to have charged more than $3,000 that month. Gotcha. Okay. Now, most lenders, as you said, uh, focus on the, the FICO score. It seems to be kind of the standard out there. Uh, but if I go to one of the credit bureaus, there are these other scores as you touched on, and a couple names come to mind, Vantage and Plus, because I've run into those. Um, are those going to be similar numbers and can I get from one to the other? So if my if I've got an 810 Vantage score, uh, how do I convert that to a FICO score? You don't. But you okay. do use it as good information, as directional. Again, you're going to look at that score against those consumers like you who have ordered their score, and they will give you that information. It will come with your score. And uh, you will see where if you've got some work to do or if you're putting along just fine. So all those scores are good. They're educational, and they are directional. The score that's going to matter is the score that your lender pulls. But, again, if you're doing just fine on a plus or a vantage or any of those other proprietary (laughs) scores, it's highly likely that you're going to be doing just fine on your 
FICO score. Okay, so the numbers so, may differ, but the, but again, yeah. it's just this percentage where I am. If I'm in the A group uh, on, on Vantage, then I'm probably in the A group, or at worst, B plus, uh, A minus kind of um, uh, rating on FICO. So I should be okay as long as as long as uh, as long as I'm using one of them, and I look month after month or every six months, uh, I should be okay in knowing that it's improving or it's staying the same. You're right. And again, we go back to that three months, six months will be even better in advance of a major purchase uh, or applying for a major line of credit. Once you've gotten your credit report and you're looking at things on there, maybe you're disputing some things. Um, maybe you say, oh, that's a, a an eight-year-old debt. It should have rotated off. Uh, debts rotate mm-hmm. off in seven years. Most of them do. And so you're getting your credit report cleaned up. Then you also want to buy your score and see where you stand and do what it takes to improve that score before applying for the loan. And I will tell your listeners now, too, that the NFC, FCC has a program called Sharpen Your Financial Focus, and folks who are within that program get 12 months of free access to experiencefreecreditscore.com, which comes with unlimited access to your credit report, unlimited access to your credit score, a bevy of uh, educational articles and calculators, and 12 months of free credit monitoring that includes alerts anytime um, uh, a new account is attempted to be opened in your name, um, etc. So this is something that folks might want to check out too. Wow, you're starting to encourage me to, even though I don't have a credit problem in any way, shape, or form, uh, I obviously take on a lot of uh, a lot of debt in the, in the business I'm in and personal. It's starting to sound like I should become a client of one of those companies. So, uh, I, you know, it's starting to sound better all the time. So I apologize, uh, but I'm getting. Uh, I'm starting to think of not just people I you know I work with, but it sounds like myself. I would you know I could probably benefit by uh, getting a hold of some of those folks and seeing if you know getting into a program like that. Great. Well, absolutely, and uh, of course, we took a, we at the NFCC took a test drive um, of these things before we offer them to consumers. Mm-hmm. And I have credit monitoring, and um, I, I really love the product. Now, as with anything, now I'm going to confuse folks. If you're part of the Sharpen Your Financial Focus uh, mm-hmm. program, uh, the freecreditscore.com is complimentary to you for 12 months. If you're outside of that program, you're going to, going to have to pay for a credit monitoring service. So, you know, you've got to evaluate as you do with any um, purchase if it's worth it to you and if it fits into your budget. But someone who uh, has been a victim of identity theft or fears uh, that they could be victimized, you know, every day it seems like we open up the newspaper to a new breach and you worry that your Social Security number might be floating around out there, you might be a candidate to buy some peace of mind uh, by purchasing one of those programs. Okay, this might be a good time to tell our listeners uh, who just tuned in, you're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. If you missed the earlier part of the show, you can listen uh, on the archive. And, of course, if you missed prior shows, same archive, wealthdna.us. Today our guest is Gail Cunningham. 
and our topic today is managing your credit score. Gail is the spokesperson for the uh, National Foundation for Credit Counseling. It's provided individuals help with credit and other financial issues, both one-on-one, -on, -one, on the radio, on TV, and in print media, but basically uh, you'll find her everywhere including on Wealth DNA Radio. And uh, I am seeing a question here that is coming through, so I'll read that here after I throw one more your way. Uh, each time a lender pulls my credit, and that happens often in my case, uh, the credit score seems to drive by about 10 or 20 points. Will the free report impact my credit score as well? No, not at all. That's uh, considered a soft inquiry. And so um, you can check your credit report as often as you like, and it, the uh, scoring model never recognizes that. It never sees it. So don't worry about that. You know, it's a, a, an educated consumer is a savvy consumer, and we like that. And part of financial education is certainly reviewing your credit re report and knowing your credit score and doing what it takes to improve both. Okay, and, and how about the soft inquiries, and you might want to explain what that is uh, as well. Will those impact my, my credit scores the way a bank would? No, soft inquiries are harmless, uh, and a hard inquiry is from a, a lender when you have a, applied for a loan. Now, uh, of those five elements of the credit scoring model, uh, one will be inquiries, and so uh, that comes in at 10% of your score, and that's why you can see a drop when you would apply for new credit. So that's going to be a temporary drop, uh, not really something to worry too much about um, that you you know that certainly should not prohibit you from taking on new credit if it's necessary and if you can afford it sure no in my case it just it um, it's you know constantly I'm applying for one credit hey I've got a great question here from from one of our listeners uh, they got bad advice from an attorney a number of years ago four years ago specifically and they filed for a chapter 13 bankruptcy but never actually went through it um, can that get removed from the credit reports, and if so, how, uh, given that it was filed, even though they never went through and um, actually cleared their, their debt, per se? Yeah, interesting question. I would say that I would attach a 100-word or less explanation to my credit report, and that goes out with each credit inquiry, and just to succinctly say what happened. You were considering bankruptcy, you were in a financial fix, say it more eloquently than that, and uh, you considered bankruptcy, but you did not um, go through with it. Um, that will help to make it crystal clear. Uh, and as a matter of fact, while we're on this topic, uh, well, I can touch on how long things stay on your credit report. Uh, chapter 13 bankruptcy stays seven years and Chapter 7, 10 years. But your uh, person who contacted you with that question, they're a good candidate to pull their credit report because you need to see what's on there. Is that showing up on your credit report? If so, then attach the 100-word or less explanation, um, I think would be a good move for you. And that should be mailed to each of the credit bureaus. And would you name those credit bureaus? Because I'm probably going to I'll, I'll mention two of them, and I'll forget what the third one is. Sure. Uh, Experian, Equifax, mm -hmm. and TransUnion. Okay. And TransUnion, I always remember, but the two E's, uh, I'll remember one. I'll forget the other. That's why I thought I would ask you. 
the expert anyway. So those are the ones that um, you would want to send a short letter to and explain the situation and request that they pull that off your credit score. And I've actually had pretty good success in, in sending it. Uh, I've tried things with the Internet. My, ex my personal experience has been if you mail it to them, uh, they will respond in um, one way or another. And usually it's been successful in getting this stuff off by just sending the explanation and whatever backup might be needed or they might request. So uh, excellent, excellent yeah. question. Well, you know, while we're talking about how long things will impact your credit report, uh, let me touch on a couple of other things, if I may. Um, one point of confusion, people are well-intended, and they think that they're going to streamline their credit, and uh, they close an account. Now, there's some misinformation out there. They think, well, I'm, I never use this account. I'm just going to close it. You may need to do that if you're prone to charging because more plastic right. equals more temptation. But if you're not, it's an account you don't use. A lot of people think that it's going to negatively impact their uh, credit score because longevity is one of the five elements of the credit scoring model. But know that um, open accounts in good standing stay on your credit file indefinitely, but even closed accounts in good standing st remain on your report for 10 years. So if, if you want to close that account, that's just fine as far as the longevity factor goes. Here's why you want to think twice about closing an account, though. Remember that credit utilization ratio we talked about a few minutes ago, the one that comes in at 30% of, uh, of the weight of the credit score? If you, have, if you owe $5,000 across mm -hmm. uh, a $10,000 line of credit, and then you close that uh, line of credit that you never use, and it's a $1,000 line, guess what? You've not spent another dime. You've not charged another dime. And you still owe that $5,000, but now it's against a $9,000 line of credit, not 10000 So you have negatively impacted your credit utilization ratio. So that's the reason to consider leaving accounts open. Now, they the issuer may close the account if it's totally inactive. You know, back in the day, remember in 2008 when they were closing accounts, uh, they were lowering or limiting people's access to credit uh, when we were having the meltdown. Uh, the issuer may want to close that account simply because you're not being very useful to them. So you might set up an automatic pay on something uh, or remember to charge your dry cleaning occasionally on that card just to keep that a card uh, alive and well and open. But I wanted to clear it up that when you close an account, it does not remove that activity from your credit file at least for 10 years. Gotcha. But I, I do agree with your comment about exercising each credit card because especially since that, uh, for those last five years or so, it really has been a problem where uh, banks are saying, hey, you haven't used your card, uh, we're going to go ahead and close it, and that will therefore impact your utilization. It's very, very important. Yes, and people think of credit as a birthright. Uh, credit is earned, and if you have credit, you need to treat it responsibly because there is no guarantee that you are going to have continued access to credit or certainly access to new lines of credit when you need it. So treating your credit responsibly will pay off in lots of ways. Okay. One of the things you mentioned, 
the number one factor that's considered is paying on time. But a lot of people, especially if they've had some financial problems, you know, they've got a number of, of uh, monthly payments. It's either a mortgage or rent, a car payment, credit cards, uh, phone bills, TV bills, and then some might have student loans, insurance, medical bills, any number of things. And some months they just may not be able to pay them all. Uh, is there some priority of which ones they should make sure they pay as extremely important and which ones kind of there's a little bit more uh, latitude in the, in the um, uh, credit uh, scoring? Yes. At the NFCC, we take, teach priority paying. We like to keep the wolf away from the door. So we want right. folks, when money is limited, to keep their home life stable. And you do that by prioritizing your rent or mortgage, your utilities, keep food on the table, medicine bought, gas in the car, etc. We tell people all the time, if your creditor is happy but your lights have been cut off, you've paid backwards. So let's pay all of our living expenses first. The next most important payment would be any secured payment. For most people, that's their vehicle payment. You've put money down. You've made monthly payments. You need that car to get to work and get the kids to school and buy groceries. So let's not risk having our car repossessed. So prioritize that payment. Now, finally, we're getting to the creditors that you owe. If there is a creditor that would be more forgiving, I would probably say medical debt. Now, with that said, people want to stay on the good side of their doctor. My goodness, we want want to um, show them thanks for taking good care of us. But oftentimes, uh, medical facilities do not report to the credit bureau until the debt goes into collections. Now, I want to underscore often, I am not broad brushing this, but you asked me if I had to pick one, that would be the one that I would pick that maybe skip Dr. Brown this month uh, and it pay at least your minimum monthly payment on your um, credit cards. Okay, good good advice. As a matter of fact, in, in our rental that I mentioned earlier, when we're looking at somebody's rent, uh, or even, oh, quite frankly, for the, the financing we do, uh, generally medical payments or, or uh, you know, collections or even issues with those are, are weighted in our scheme of things much much looser, much lighter, I guess is the better term, uh, than some of those others just because those things do happen. Uh, and you don't and, choose and, to get sick. Correct, exactly. And that's the other thing. If you're, if you're having financial problems, don't get sick, right? That's, that's the <laughs> But, uh, you know, say. instead of running a, a, a trip to Hawaii on your credit, uh, you're not choosing to be hospitalized or whatever. So uh, people do look at that's that differently. Exactly. That's the logic behind it. Now, your member companies see a range of problems. Are there two or three changes in credit management that could have prevented those people needing the credit counseling? I mean, there are, are there kind of some typical uh, tip of the iceberg kinds of things that are noticed that, you know, it would, would be a tip to our listeners to say, here are the things, if you could fix these first, you may not uh, run into problems. Well, interestingly, for, for years and years and years, when we ask people what brought you to us, they would say financial mismanagement. They simply did not know how to manage the money they made. They may have made a nice income, but they did not know how to manage that money. Now, in recent years, again, not, uh, not surprisingly, the number one reason has been job loss. But now it's tipping back 
to financial mismanagement. And again, back in the day, uh, we have hearkened back several times to what happened to the country in 2007, 2008 in there. Um, Folks uh, began losing their job. They um, began losing their homes. And part of that reason was because they had built a lifestyle beyond what their income would support. Uh, you know, they they could access credit, get new lines of credit so easily. I almost say if you could fog a mirror, you were granted credit, uh, sometimes without any documentation of income or even that you had a job. So people began living large and they enjoyed it. They went to the party and now are suffering the hangover. So we hope that folks uh, don't return to that. We know it's good for the American economy for people to begin spending again, but we don't want people people doing it at the expense of their own personal economy. If there's a lesson learned, if there's a silver lining from the Great Recession, we hope that is it. Yeah. Oh, there always is. Now, let me, let me keep going. This is almost a, a great segue to, to a question I wanted to find out about. Is As young adults saw this happening, whether we call them millennials, Generation Y, I mean, I don't keep track of those terminologies as much, but let's say the young adults that you know saw their families lose their home, uh, kind of the uh, whole burden, you know, both emotionally and, and financially of that, uh, lost their credit capacity. A lot of these young people we're seeing it are deciding not to own a home. They think that they're just going to rent, they'll have the flexibility, they can't get kicked out as easily, they won't lose their equity, etc. And I'm assuming some will also decide not to get student loans and credit cards. What advice would you share with them? Well, you're exactly right. You know, the um, Great Recession didn't have to happen to you for it to have impacted you. Maybe it happened to your parents or the uh, fella in the cubicle next to you. You witnessed it, and you saw that pain, and it made you recoil to an extent. We recently did a survey asking folks if they felt that home ownership was still a, a component of um, wealth-building component, and almost one in five said nope. Taking out a mortgage is a risk I'm not willing to assume, and that's very scary to people. Obviously, they, they said they don't need it and don't want any part of that. As we move forward, folks may reconsider, their memory may dim, but that's where they stand now. And again, that uh, not investing in a home could negatively impact the American economy or certainly the uh, home builders. But they have these millennials have the, have the same feeling about postponing marriage, um, just really beginning the life that we traditionally saw folks graduate from college and move on and do, which meant um, making lots of purchases, again, that would be an engine to drive the American economy. Okay. And I assume having no credit capacity also will not help their credit score. It's going to be hard to, to develop that credit score if you never take cards out or if you don't have those mortgages, as you said, or, or uh, uh, just kind of try to use cash for everything. I assume that's not the formula for, uh, for ending up with a good credit score. That's right. And again, so many of these young adults, though, they do uh, graduate with that diploma in one hand and uh, in the other hand holding a mountain of credit card debt and student loan debt. 
our NFCC member agencies have become experts at helping folks figure out how to pay that student loan debt and it not to remain an albatross around your neck for decades to come. You know, there are programs out there, but how in the world do you wade through them to know which is right for you, which you qualify for? So again, uh, folks graduating and listening to this program and have lots of student loan debt should uh, do themselves a favor and visit with one of the NFCC member agency uh, professionals who are experts at student loan debt resolutions. Okay. Uh, Would you remind our listeners again how they contact the uh, National Foundation for Credit Counseling, how they find them on the web and uh, phone number? Sure. To be automatically connected to the NFCC member agency closest to you, simply dial 1-800-388-2227. Or go to our website, nfcc.org. Look over in the left sidebar, and you will see uh, Find an Agency. And click on that, and you just simply enter the type of credit counseling you're interested in and your zip code, and it will show you a list. Now, will it show me a link, and the next time I can listen to uh, Gail and uh, national TV or wherever else, I can keep getting good tips? Uh, Well, uh, we would hope so. So uh, thank you for that. I've just so enjoyed our conversation today and hope it helps some folks. uh, You know, also in our financial literacy survey, I'm doing this from memory, so don't hold it to me, but I believe it was 78% of people when asked, uh, could you benefit from having answers to your everyday financial questions from a a professional? 78% said, yes, I could. So again, you're not alone. If you think, oh, I could never bear my financial dirty laundry to someone, trust me in this. These folks have been in this industry uh, for years and years, some of them decades. They've heard it all, and your story is not going to shock them. Okay. Now, we've covered a lot of aspects of this whole credit management uh, arena. We obviously can't cover everything, but are there some key points you'd like to add that we may have missed or some of them that you'd want to emphasize? You know, people um, we've surveyed, when we ask about a budget, they said that they find it restrictive. I would say that a budget is freedom. It frees you to responsibly spend your hard-earned money. You know, we work so hard for our money, and then we turn around and frivolously spend it, or at least casually spend it. Um, I would say to track your spending for 30 days, get everybody in your household who spends money to write down every single spend cent they spend. You know, if I were to ask you what's your rent or mortgage, you'd tell me. What's your car payment, you'd tell me. But if I said, how much do you spend each month eating out, I'd get that deer in the headlights look. So you owe it to yourself to know where your money's going, and you can't do that until it's staring back at you in black and white. But that gives you the authority then to move your spending around and make your money work for you. Excellent. That whole budgeting process and tracking those expenses, nothing else adds a little bit of burden before you spend it. You say, ah, gee, then I'm going to have to write all that down or put it into Quicken or whatever else. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe I won't bother spending it. I'll save some time. So if nothing else, it adds a little bit of uh, conscience uh, uh, jogging each time you're about to spend. So if nothing else, it will help. But clearly that budgeting is, is a great suggestion. appreciate it. You're exactly right. Increasing awareness will uh, definitely um, make an impact on people. 
Exactly. Well, thank you for joining us today. I certainly hope you'll be willing to join us again because obviously we'll want to dig into some of these things a little bit deeper, uh, maybe on the whole identity uh, fraud and a number of other areas that I'm sure you're much more familiar with than uh, the average financial advisor would be. Well, I've loved it, and I'm already looking forward to next time. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Gail. And to summarize some of the topics we covered, I just want to go back to the comments I made at the very beginning. Why does your credit matter? Well, someone with poor credit pays higher expenses, especially for insurance and borrowing costs, and may even have a harder time finding a job. Their credit capacity is lower, and in the case of their credit limit, to get a mortgage, uh, their credit limit might be zero. So they might be limited to renting for the long time in the future, and that's not a tax deductible expense in the U.S., and you won't have the appreciation of potential uh, of a home if you're renting. And any property, any investment in that property that you're living in, uh, whether you put new drapes in or uh, whatever else, that's pretty much lost. You can't really transfer that to other properties. Often, only the path to home ownership for people with poor credit or ones uh, provided by real estate funds like BI Solutions Corp, our sponsor today, that is part of what they do. Whereas uh, most of the listeners who have good credit most of our listeners do. They can take advantage of those 0% credit card offers or the 2% interest on automobile loans and the extremely low mortgage rates today. Using those low-cost funds, they can invest that money at 6% or higher annual returns. And so I guess I'd summarize it with people with poor credit have higher expenses. People with good credit have higher profits. And hopefully that is a why. If you understand the why, then Figuring out the how I'll improve my credit is a lot easier. Obviously, shows like ours today helps, but to dig into the detail and visiting somebody uh, or what you need to do to fix those things, and once you've seen your credit report, starting to react to those. So you'll find out how if you're strongly believing in that why. Now, there are a few listeners, I'm sure they're skeptical, skeptical about this whole idea of OPM. Uh, gee, it's risky. The money I borrowed, I have to pay back, and there's no assurance that my investments will earn more than the cost of that money. Let me just share a few quick points. The entire banking system is built on the principle of OPM. Just pick up a bank annual report and notice how much profit they make, and partially because they pay their depositors and CD holders virtually nothing but they're making money. I recommend you also go to WealthDNA.us archive, listen to the series on OPM. You'll definitely get some insights on the roots of your skepticism. And also, there are some shows on learning to earn a higher return, or you can focus on loaning investments, which have lower volatility than owning investments like stocks, commodities, and owning rental properties. And again, if you don't know where to find those investments, talk to our sponsor, BI Solutions Corp. If you don't know your recent credit score, or you haven't gotten a copy of your credit report recently, you don't even know which category you fit into, good credit or poor credit. It could have changed dramatically. And I haven't met anybody with very poor credit having their identity stolen since the identity theft wouldn't really benefit, uh, the thief wouldn't really benefit. So that means that the vast majority of our listeners are more likely the targets of identity theft than others. Now, please don't take that as saying you'll stop listening to the Wealth DNA radio show and that you think you'll be better off as a result. Regular listeners know that the Wealth DNA radio show mission is to help one million people become millionaires. So one of the best ways to increase that wealth Tune into this show twice a month. We'll share the investment fundamentals, some great ideas, and help diversify and grow your portfolio. And occasionally, like today, we'll remind you of topics 
like your credit, that affect your ability to accumulate wealth, and thus your ability to live the American dream. Again, many thanks to BI Solutions Corp. for sponsoring today's show. They are a residential real estate fund based in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And the next Wealth DNA Radio, second Monday of July after my brief vacation. That is Monday, July 14th. 9 a.m. Arizona time. Same place, same time. Our guest will be Ike Devji, and he'll be talking about uh, a very important topic, one that's very little understanding of, which is asset protection. Just like identity thieves, lawyers can steal your entire portfolio if you haven't taken the appropriate steps to set it up right. Don't believe me? Listen to that next show, and you'll see there are huge risks out there just waiting for you to fall into. As usual, we provide that lineup of guests and topics on WealthDNA.us, and there you'll find the archive of past shows. Have any comments, questions, suggestions, things that you might want to understand about today's show or others, or maybe some suggestions about other shows, send me an email, ron at WealthDNA.us. Happy investing and proactively managing your credit. You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. Follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.